who was Daniel Rudd? He was a black Catholic who was born in 1854 and died in 1933. He was a journalist and early civil rights leader. He is known for starting in 1885 what has been called the first newspaper printed by and for black Americans, the Ohio Tribune, which he later expanded into the American Catholic Tribune, purported to be the first black owned national newspaper. Today, we're talking about Daniel Rudd. All right. Daniel Rudd was born on August 7th, 1854 on Anatoic Plantation in Bardstown, Kentucky to slave parents Robert and Elizabeth Rudd. Rudd and all 11 of his siblings were baptized in the Catholic Church. Rudd was very religious and it is unknown at what point in his life he decided to make it his life's work. Daniel Rudd moved to Springfield, Ohio in 1881. At the time, anti-Catholicism and political nativism were running rampant, causing American Catholics to be physically threatened by Protestants with acts such as the burning of churches and convents. This led Rudd to decide to speak out on public school issues in Springfield, as his fellow Catholics did not agree with the Protestant methods that were being used in the public schools, which Catholics believed were insufficient to deal with the materialism and formal unbelief facing American youth. Rudd's journalism career started at the Sunday News. While there, he was a printer, reporter, and editor who was interested in following a Frederick Douglass-like advocacy that was aimed at protecting the civil rights of African Americans. He believed that the press played a large role in Black advancement. Rudd also thought that editors and journalists had the ability to persuade and educate Catholic business and civic leaders. In 1885, Rudd began his first Catholic newspaper called the Ohio Tribune, the first black paper printed by and for the black community. The fledgling local weekly with a limited scope did not do well, however. After only a year, Daniel moved the company to Cincinnati, where he started featuring articles that spoke out on black issues such as segregation and discrimination. This new iteration, the American Catholic Tribune, this was the first black owned and operated national newspaper. Rudd began believing that the newspaper was important in promoting the church as a transformational institution that was capable of bringing equity and social justice for African Americans. The Catholic Church alone can break the color line. Our people should help her to do it. And that's a quote from the American Catholic Tribune. Cardinal Gibbons, Archbishop of Baltimore, the preeminent Episcopal see in the nation at the time, preeminent meaning like the Archbishop of Baltimore was the most prominent, was the most famous um, uh, church uh, area in the U.S. at the time. The Archbishops of Cincinnati and Philadelphia and the Bishops of Covington, Columbus, Richmond, Vicennes, and Wilmington were all listed on the masthead of the Tribune as endorsers. So many, many bishops endorsed this paper. Rudd was also a very good businessman who knew how to reach out and teach others who thought like him and wanted to push for the same rights and changes, such as Black Catholics and Protestants. In order for Rudd to make the changes he wanted, he needed income, which he gained by using the Tribune to promote his own 
printing school. This allowed him to expand his own business and dreams with printing and start creating custom cards, letterheads, envelopes, invoices, pamphlets, books, legal documents, and advertisements. So not only uh, was this guy a uh, one of the first um, African-Americans to start a newspaper uh, and one of the first Black Americans to uh, start have a national uh, nationally operated Catholic newspaper. He also was a was an amazing entrepreneur. He he was creating custom cards, letterheads, envelopes, invoices, pamphlets, books, legal documents, and advertisements. This guy was absolutely amazing, in my opinion. And most of you probably have never heard of him. So that wasn't the only source of his income, though. He had also had newspaper subscriptions from Catholic and Protestant readers in Northern and Midwestern states. African-Americans saw his will to make a change and fight for something they've believed in for quite some time. So many bishops, monsignors, laypersons, and even more Protestants gave him financial aid. And this is an absolutely amazing story. Please read more about um, Mr. Rudd here because, I mean, it's just just Daniel Rudd. It is absolutely amazing story. And I'm not even finished yet. Um, Rudd was successful for quite some time in his printing business. And by 1892, Rudd's newspaper was printing 10,000 copies. His success led to the Afro-American Press League, a consortium of the roughly 200 black newspapers being published in the country at the time to ask Rudd to serve as its president. So he became the president of the Afro-American Press League. The enterprising Rudd served in this capacity even as he worked to keep his Queen City printing business and printing school afloat. So not only did he have a printing business, he also had a printing school and he was the president of the Afro-American Press League. Pretty amazing if you ask me. Um, moving on, Rudd was very was a very observant activist, watching and interacting with various organizations, discussing matters unique to the respective organizations. In particular, Rudd watched the workings of the German Roman Catholic Central Verein. In September of 1887, Rudd attended a gathering in Chicago to address the group. Um, upon his return, he complained about the fact that the German and Irish were organized, but African-Americans were not. And we see this a lot throughout history. It's very sad. And, you know, as a black Catholic myself, you know, I really wish that there was more organization, not to say that we should split the church, but um, the church is universal. And when you go around, when when I go around to different states and to different churches around, you know, I, I'm not seeing a lot of black Catholics in the pews, maybe they're not uh, being evangelized to properly. And I'm not saying, oh, make a, you know, make a whole different church and, and you know, um, or go to these people in a way that is, is, oh, sing gospel or play Kanye West. No, that that's not what I'm saying at all. That's called pandering. But what I'm saying is there needs to be more people like Daniel Rudd here who are speaking from a black voice to black people and saying why here's why i'm catholic and here's why it's awesome and that it's not in um it, it's not in any way um blocking you from being you know truly a black person you know some people feel like oh if you do certain things you're not truly black you know you you're you're doing that you must not really want to be black or something like that 
Catholicism has nothing to do with that. Black people have been, and African people have been involved in Catholicism since the very beginning. In fact, there were some African popes in the in the beginning of the church because Africa was a part of the Roman Empire. And I'm going to talk more about that as I do these biographies, but I want to get back into biographies, especially um, I just want to talk about the black experience of Catholicism because nobody else is really doing it. So this guy is amazing. If you have time, read more up about him. So we're going to move on. Um, yeah, he, he was sad that black Catholics were not really organizing or African-Americans in general. He thought to gather black Catholics to discuss various troubles in the black community. He built the idea of an English speaking Catholic Congress in the hope that all races would attend. Before the call, Rudd explained that those looking for freedom must first be the ones to strike a blow. He believed that the way to win the black population to the Catholic Church was to find out how many Catholics we would have to start with and then put that force to work. Not sure exactly what that means, but, you know, maybe I'll have to read over that a couple of times. Find out how many Catholics we would have to start with. And then, oh, okay, I see what he's saying. He's saying, how many black Catholics do we have now? And basically all of them have to go about evangelizing and telling people how great it is to be a black Catholic. And it's not a strange thing at all, even though right now when I go into a church, it's like pretty much only me. And, you know, I'm not saying that that's a bad thing. I'm, I'm glad that there's a lot of diversity in the church. But in this particular area and when I went to D.C. and I think I've been to a couple of other places, it's like just me, just me and my family. So I'd like to see more uh, black Catholics speaking out. Uh, anyway, in May of 1888, Rudd called upon black Catholics all over the country under the blessing of Holy Mother Church. It was believed that this group could serve as a leaven of the race, lifting all African-Americans, both in the eyes of God and in humanity. And uh, I just wanted to make a comment about African-American, not really a fan of the term. By now, many uh, black uh, people in America have almost no connection to their African heritage anymore. It's been a very long time. We've lost it through family members or through splitting up of families. I personally like the term black uh, much better than this because African-Americans are like people who have come from uh, Nairobi and uh, Ghana and stuff like that. And they have an African accent. I'm just black. So anyway, uh, that's neither here nor there. That's my personal opinion. Moving on. It was well known that Rudd's advocacy reached farther than simple equality and justice, but went beyond to national issues and problems such as legal segregation, equality for women, lynching, discrimination, employment, labor strife, and public school segregation. He wanted to include all the injustices facing people of color everywhere, but specifically Africa and Latin America. The Colored Catholic Congress held its first meeting in Washington, D.C. in 1889, where Venerable Father Augustus Tolton, somebody I'm going to talk about uh, coming up soon, and he is about to be uh, canonized as a saint. He's actually going to be the first black saint from America. So that's going to be really cool. Um, anyway, Father Augustus Tolton was the nation's first openly black priest. He celebrated mass and the 200 strong group met with the president, Grover Cleveland. Rudd's organization met for five consecutive years before disbanding. 
Okay, uh, collapse of the Tribune. Sadly, and this is very sad, in 1897, there was a collapse due to the economic recession and increased competition from other businesses in the newspaper industry in Cincinnati and Philadelphia, as well as new black Catholic papers in other parts of the country. The collapse didn't knock Rudd down completely, but did encourage him to move to Detroit to find a more stable economy and employment. By the end of his journalism career, career, Rudd had gone through many personal changes and found it best if he moved to the South and sought work in Mississippi and Arkansas. Rudd also may have been attracted to the South because of the economic opportunities that had opened up, allowing black people to get cheap land. He worked in Bolivar County, Mississippi as a lumber mill manager, and eventually he went to work for Scott Bond, Arkansas's first black millionaire. Oh, we're going to have to talk about Scott Bond one day. Okay, moving on. Rudd later found himself working as a business manager, accountant, inventor, and teacher. This guy was very, I mean, we don't learn about this. And, uh, you know, there's Black History Month in February. Why does it have to be Black History Month? Why does it got to be a separate history? Let's just talk about great black people all the time. And that's what I'm going to start doing on this channel. Uh, no offense if you're not black, but hey, maybe you, if if you're of another, um, you know, race, then it's good to learn about this stuff as well. But for me specifically, this is very motivating, very empowering, very um, enlightening to, to learn about this guy that I never heard of before today. He, he was not only did he have the first uh, one of the first black newspaper, he had one of the first nationally printed black Catholic newspapers or Catholic newspapers in general. And he had a printing business. He had a school. And and then after his business shut down, he didn't stop. He became a business manager, an accountant, an inventor and a teacher. He's this guy is amazing. After a while, Rudd started to notice that the movement toward equality for 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 blacks was moving at a very so, slow pace, prompting him to accept Booker T. Washington's self-help philosophy, which I also agree with. That philosophy emphasized creating and building up businesses instead of the faith and churches to achieve maximum economic advancement toward growth and change. And I agree uh, we can actually do both, but definitely getting black people to uh, start their own businesses. I mean, if you look at a lot of the other communities out there, Asian community, they come here and they're, they're more focused on academics. Boom. They got their academics down. They're going to become doctors, going to become lawyers, yada, yada. I am generalizing. Forgive me because it's not always the case, every case, but you get what I'm getting at. You have um, uh, Hispanic people that come over here and from different countries, different things happen, but a lot of them are starting restaurants or they have um, landscaping businesses or things like that. Boom. They got their money working for them. And or you have Indians who come over here and it's a lot of IT and things like that. They come over here. They're making money. They're making it work or they're going to buy a store chain such as a Subway or a 7-Eleven or a store chain like that. What do blacks do? I mean, we do have music, we have sports, but not those are niche fields. Not everybody can get into them. And it's great that blacks really, I mean, are dominating music and sports. And that is awesome. But not everybody can get into there. Whereas when an Indian comes over or an Asian comes over, they pretty much can all get in where they fit in. So we really need something, in, in my opinion, business, really just starting businesses 
um, we really need to get back to this self-help philosophy of blacks starting businesses in order and, and, you know, and using those businesses to support churches and other faith organizations to promote black ideals and, and have our own community. We just don't. And it's sad. It's very sad. So moving on, that philosophy of self-help didn't last very long after Rudd was invited to and participated at the NAACP convention in Cleveland in 1919. In 1932, Rudd suffered a stroke, after which his family brought him back to his childhood home of Bardstown, Kentucky. He passed away there in 1933 at the age of 79. He is buried in St. Joseph Cemetery, adjacent to Rudd's childhood parish of the same name, now the Basilica of St. Joseph Proto-Cathedral. And uh, many Catholic clergy and Rudd's close friends always described him as highly intelligent, which I can tell by all his business ideas, a great businessman and fluent in several languages. This guy is amazing. Um, But one key thing that apparently stuck out about Rudd was his unbreakable faith in his Catholic upbringing and roots. And, you know, that's really what allows people to do amazing things is having an unbreakable, solid rock of faith. And that's why Jesus said You are Peter, and upon this rock I will build my church, and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. Why did Jesus say that, and why was it so specific that he needed a rock to build the church on? Because when you have the rock of faith, you can do lots lots of other things, because God will be there to support you. You won't be on shaky ground. You won't be on quicksand. Okay. Legacy and honors. Rudd remains a vaunted figure in the history of black Catholicism and is highly honored among its adherents as well as in the larger American church. In fall 2020, Rudd's childhood parish, in conjunction with the Archdiocese of Louisville, announced plans to unveil a memorial historical marker at his gravesite on All Saints Day, same year, which just passed. Actually, it was November 1st, is All Saints Day. So, um, okay, they're saying I'm having connection issues, but that's all right. So commemorating his impact on American Catholicism and the larger United States. So that's it. The biography of Daniel Rudd. Who was Daniel Rudd? A black Catholic journalist, early civil rights leader, known for starting the first newspaper printed by and for black Americans, the Ohio Tribune. And he later expanded it into the American Catholic Tribune, which was one of the first black owned national newspapers. Boom, Daniel Rudd. Hope you learned something. Leave a comment. Let me know what you thought about Daniel Rudd. And I will be continuing to do this series of um, biographies of uh, little known black people, especially black Catholics that, you know, really did great things. So I hope you will check those out as well as I keep making them. And if you have somebody that I maybe haven't thought of that you know of, um, leave a comment of the name of that person. I'll look them up and I'll do a biography. All right. Peace out. Stay holy, my friends. God bless.